0: And welcome to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. As always, we appreciate you checking us out on YouTube, youtube YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and, of course, Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. I want you to make sure that you're following along on YouTube as the dynamics of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday will change at some point pretty soon. And I'll tell you about it on the podcast. Just keep following and check us out on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, this space to find out what's new with me and Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. This podcast today talks about one of the great gimmicks, one of the greats of all time, The Undertaker. There's been a lot of great gimmicks in professional wrestling. It's littered with. Great gimmicks and bad gimmicks in the history of the business. Well, this is the best, The Undertaker, who's going into the WWE Hall of Fame in Dallas, Texas. Apropos for a Texas kid who will be in Dallas going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Think about all the great gimmicks and all the bad gimmicks that you've seen in wrestling. One of the best gimmicks I saw as a kid growing up was the Road Warriors. Because they were emblematic of what you saw in the Mad Max movie. The Road Warriors, because they had face paint and they had spikes. And they looked tough because they were tough. Man, it was nothing like the Road Warriors back in the day. Doink the Clown, who was Mad Born. An evil clown or a friendly clown. Either way, a clown was wrestling and could wrestle his ass off. And Mad Born could do that as the original Doink the Clown. The late Scott Hall, who was Razor Ramon, coming in from WCW as the Diamond Stud and then turning his whole career around being Razor Ramon, Razor Ramon was quite the gimmick as a Cuban-American citizen, at least playing one, and making that his own and becoming very successful on the WWF at the time. The Honky Tonk Man coming in, Honky Tonk Man He tried to be the honky tonk man in the WWF. He tried to do, didn't even try to do this in other places, but he did in the WWF and it worked out well for him, for Vince McMahon. One of the great characters that didn't get a chance to blossom was Muhammad Hassan. Another great gimmick that the WWE put together, but it was too much too soon at the time that he was coming along the WWE. Muhammad Hassan should have been WWE champion. In the history of the business, Gorgeous George was the best gimmick ever. Because of the golden era of wrestling, going back to 1941 in the infancy of television, people saw Gorgeous George. He came out and George was a guy that would spray Chanel number five perfume on the fans. And he would take so long to get to the ring. And he came across very dainty, and guys hated him, and women despised him. But Gorgeous George was the greatest gimmick going. Nothing against Mr. Perfect or the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, but it started with Gorgeous George as really the litmus test on whether or not you could have actual gimmicks in professional wrestling. I mentioned Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig, and also Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Again, successful gimmicks in the WWE. But they all fall short of what The Undertaker brought to the table in the WWE. I remember watching The Undertaker as Mean Mark in WCW. And before that, he was wrestling in Memphis. And of course, as I always say on this podcast, you think about the all-time greats, a lot of them, you got to go through Memphis first in order for you to be a superstar on a major platform like the WWE. And even before that, he was in world-class championship wrestling. I didn't know he was in world-class in Dallas, but that's where he started. And one of his first matches that he had was against <laughs> Bruiser Brody. Good luck. So my first match is
1: with Bruiser Brody. My skill level is, is I mean, I'm greener. Than, yeah. I mean, I'm greener. Than, but I get in the ring, and that stupid gene flips in the back of your head. And I'm looking at him, and I'm going, I'm bigger than he is. So ding 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 right and bam well we tie up. Man. I mean as soon as we tie up I'm pushing right and he's like all right kid lighten up kid. So I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him you know kind of the push off and back out right. Well when I do I kind of push off and I kind of you know I, I clip oh. him in the chin a little bit right. Kind of like he, he's
2: thinking you snubbed him. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. yeah he
1: don't know me from Adam. Yeah right we tie up again right boom. <laughs> I grab an arm, right? So I'm standing there with a standing arm bar.
3: And you just, just grabbed the arm Yeah, I didn't tell it. you
1: to grab the arm. I just, I yeah. didn't, I just grabbed it, right? I, I, and I don't know how I got so stupid. Because I really... <laughs> so he's about to shoot me off. And I yell, clothesline. Now you're calling the match. I'm calling the match. Boy, <laughs> uh, well, so, you got some balls. No, I ain't got no brains. <laughs> off he comes, right? And man... I'm, I'm wound up and all of a sudden that furry boot come up out of nowhere, man. And it, bam, he whacked me with that boot, man. My eyes rolled back in my head and I was like, Oh wow. Okay. And he says, come on, we're going for a walk. And man, he takes me, throws me out. Right. And he threw me out. People that don't know, you know, there was always that table right next to ringside. Yes. And then the chairs were metal chairs with the wood slats right so he takes me and he slams me on that table until he told me don't you know don't move right so i can hear the chair getting folded up man and he come back full force with that chair right across my shoulder blades and when i tell you that the wood snapped that is not an exaggeration there were slats of wood flying everywhere it sounded like a gun went off right i felt every bit of it i thought it went through me
4: Pringle presents Texas Red. And his opponent tonight at 300 pounds from San Diego, Mexico, after a long absence, Bruiser Brody. Welcome to Henry. Bruiser Brody here at this portatory against Texas Red as Coach Twinkle returns to the ring right after his little altercation. but the rock and roll RPMs, which I think was able to be tempered, before it got too out of hand. Texas Red, a big tall guy to match, Bruiser Brody in the corner. Al Madrillo, you are one of the biggest fans of Bruiser Brody,
2: I understand. Oh, yeah, let me tell you, he's one of the greatest. And I want to say one thing about Bruiser Brody, baby. If this man wants to get rid of you, he will.
4: Arm by, by Bruiser Brody on Texas Red. Well, Bruiser is certainly a cocky and confident guy when he's in
2: the ring to go along with his skill. Well, I'll tell you what. Brody is a veteran. He's been around a long time. He's wrestled the best, the greatest, the toughest, the meanest, the baddest. I can go on and on. This man has held every title. He's packed arenas everywhere he goes. Bruiser Brody is truly one of the superstars of wrestling today. Brody with that big elbow to his Red down. A talented
4: young man who probably wonders how he got this match with the experienced superstar, Bruiser Brody. Through the ropes into the floor goes Texas Red. And Bruiser Brody's going to go right out after it. Bronco Lewis begins to count. What do you
2: do here if you're a Texas Red, Al? Well, you just hope for the best because you know this is Brody's style. He'll wrestle you anywhere, anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter what. He'll pick up a chair, pick up a table. And you just heard that, Mark
4: that chair on Percy Pringles out here. Chris Kersett has had to bail out of
2: the way at ringside and the against the champ, Rosie, Rosie. That makes a big difference, Mark. You know that had a lot to do with my changing over. When you hear people saying go, Al go, and we're with you and we're with you, Al, and they're screaming go, it makes a big, big difference. It makes you want to fight that much harder. It's really a lot to do with the people.
0: You all have to see this on YouTube. The Undertaker, better known as Texas Red, back in those days, took on Bruiser Brody and lost to him in under four minutes. Just as The Undertaker told Stone Cold Steve Austin the story, he's told it exactly correct. (laughs) for some reason Taker thought he was going to control the match and Bruiser Brody, who was a tough son of a bitch and really about business, his own business he took out uh, Texas Red very quickly as I mentioned, you heard the mention of Percy Pringle, that was the manager for The Undertaker of course, Percy Pringle would end up being Paul Bearer in the WWE, and of course Texas Red turns into The Undertaker, as I mentioned The Undertaker goes from world-class championship wrestling to Memphis. You got to go through Memphis if you're going to be someone. And you will hear the metamorphosis of what The Undertaker was before he came to the WWE. Again, he was still menacing. In this matchup you just heard, as Texas Red; he had a mask on. He was so green. It was his first time wrestling. Uh, And again, on a national television basis, on world-class championship wrestling, the whole country saw that, him lose against uh, Bruiser Brody. But Memphis is a territory just seen in that region of the country. And you could hear The Undertaker, the metamorphosis of Mark Calloway, just trying to figure out his personality. Listen to just some of the promos and things that he had to say on Memphis television.
3: Calls himself master of pain. That's right, master of pain. Because where I've been the last five years, you have to know how to handle pain. And I know it better than anybody. I've been in the Atlanta state penitentiary. And I'm not ashamed to know it. I went up there on a bad rap because two chum- punks jumped chum me in a parking lot, and now they're pushing up daisies. And let me tell you, <laughs> you're next. You're the next step, man. You know, i beat you before. You know, I used to wear that world Heavyweight Candy. Now you're just a stepping stone in my way to getting it for the second time. And when I get it, I'm taking off with it, man. But it's like I said before, it's all about money now. And maybe a little grudge I have to is out here, Dave Brown, you will treat him with a little more respect. You deal with me personally. Oh. Now we can start this interview. Master of Pain against Dutch Mantel Wednesday. Yeah, Dutch, the master plan is just about ready to be fulfilled, man. Wednesday night, Evans, you're going down at the wrath of the Master of Pain. I don't forget a thing, Dutch, and you won't either. What he don't realize, my man, spent four years in the federal pen, cell block A. He was the king of cell block A. Nobody beat him. And Dutch thinks he's going to climb through the ropes and handle the master of pain? That's like you, handling me. Tell him, pain. You know Dutch, up until now, I could care less about pinfall. All I was worried about was how bad I beat you up. And now, every time, every time we get in the ring, what happened, Roddy? He laid in the middle of the ring That's while we walked foul. back. That's, bad That's right. So he place. went and got bold. He said, well, I got a, I got a, I got a pin on the master of pain. Well, see, I don't care. But now all that changes. Because after I beat him up, I'm going to lay him out. One, two, three. But listen, Friday night, it all has to come to an end. I've dealt with you too long. I've toyed with you too long, Dutch. Don't show up, brother, because I'm going to hurt you. Now, look, if you're that hard up for money, you better go to McDonald's or somewhere and get a job. Because you're through in this business, and I'm here to see to it. You understand that we'll see what happens that the you we'll uh, know what happens <laughs> we'll find out in the match. you like that don't you i'm not going to take sides in this you better not let me just tell you, uh, if you leave town, uh, have you got the match enough, straight please. we're going to take a break is what we're going to do and we'll be back you with you in a moment you, more more time. Time. <laughs> you know the master plan is just about taking full effect that's tell you've always claimed to be a smart man well, if you're a smart man, don't show up to that arena. Because, brother, you got a whooping coming. You got a whooping coming, and I'm the one that's going to give it to you. When all the smoke clears and the flames die down, I'm going to be standing over you. Hey, today Long, and Dangerous then! let me tell you something. In the 90s, you won't know who Sid Vicious is. Me, Mark Cox. Baby, that's what you need to know. And let him know that he's going to be meaner than Sid Vicious ever thought he was. Now, mean Mark, just
4: before I get you to talk about the low-down, dirty, stinking road warriors, I want to say free James Brown. I'm a total supporter of it, and you people better get behind me.
3: Ow! Tell them, mean Mark. Hey, Corpus Christi was nothing The clash. What's going to happen to you in that Chicago street fight? It ain't for the weak of heart,
0: please. So you can hear that Mark Calloway... The Undertaker was working on some things in Memphis and trying to figure out, Okay, who is he? Was he in jail in prison for four years? Was it five years? You know, and when he was out there, he looked tough. He still had the red hair. Sure. Had a little bit of a beard, but he looked like a tall, tough guy. But if you notice in what you just heard, Ronnie P. Gossett was a manager in Memphis and he was speaking on behalf of The Undertaker. And after the time that Mark Calloway spent at World Class and Memphis, he went on to WCW. You heard a little bit of it there because Teddy Long was the manager for um, Mark Calloway. As you can tell, The Undertaker is just trying to figure out, you know, what is going on with his character. Is he Texas Red? Is he the Master of Pain? Well, here, he's just Mean Mark, and he's managed by Teddy Long. He's in a handicap match on the NWA Power Hour. Here's Jim Ross and Gordon Soley. The
4: following contest, it is set for one fall. It is a special handicap match. Introducing In The Ring from Cleveland, Ohio, weighing 235 pounds, Terry Bronson. His partner hailing from Montgomery, Alabama, weighing 208 pounds, The Rockin' Rebel. And ladies and gentlemen, their opponent, being led to the ring by Theodore R. Long, ladies and gentlemen from Metropolis, weighing 321 pounds, Mean Mark. Six feet nine, 320 pounds, Mean Mark. With well, that new move, the heart punch, and now that Mean Mark has developed such a devastating finishing maneuver, Gordon, Theodore R. Long is having second thoughts about shopping Mean Mark can certainly understand that mean mark has uh, really become a, a very prominent threat in the wrestling world today and he's attacking terry bronson bronson from cleveland in this handicap match it will be tag team rules for bronson and Rock and rebel good power slam there by mean mark on bronson and we've got a dynamic power hour for you here ladies and gentlemen Still to come, a battle of the powerhouses. Rick Steiner to take on Hacksaw, Butch Reed. Special challenge match, Jim Cornette's Midnight Express to meet their nemesis, their rivals. There's that hard punch right there. He's uh, put both, both men down with it. The hard punch, falling both men, and Mean Mark continuing his offensive onslaught. Here comes, here comes Paul Drake from the locker room, and Drake on the back of Mean Mark. And Mark just swats him off like a fly. This big guy, 6'9", 320, with that devastating heart punch. And there's another one. That's the third one he's knocked out. Rick Fargo now, another man from the locker room in. Mean Mark, it looks like a bad car accident. Body's laying all over the place. And another heart punch. Down goes Rick Fargo. than Nick Patrick, but that heart punch is a devastating move, look at this, all right, here's what happens now, that causes a quick paralysis to the heart, that sudden impact uh, causes that quick
0: paralysis, the, the opponent becomes helpless and falls to the canvas, and it's all over. Man. So there you hear it from Jim Ross and Gordon Solie on the Power Hour back in 1990. So Mean Mark, He was a tag team wrestler with Dan Spivey. They were known as the Skyscrapers. And a tag team that I thought was very impressive. um, Good enough to take on the Road Warriors or other tag teams. But it was a short-lived tag team. But Mark Callis, he had a number of matches, uh, singles for the U.S. Championship. And they had the heart punch. And maybe I should explain why they went with the heart punch. Well, you keep in mind, even though this is... In 1989, 1990, in this era of WCW, there's still a lot of old guys in the back that had ideas from the 70s to use on the modern wrestlers of the day. And the idea for Mark Callis was to use the heart punch. If you've never seen this, look for matches for um, Stasiak, Stan, the man Stasiak. He was a former WWWF champion. Look for matches with Ox Baker and Obviously, look for matches with Mean Mark because he used the same heart punch that those wrestlers from the past used. It's kind of like kind of a disconnect for me because it's like the heart punch. Well, that was supposed to get major heat. The heart punch is supposed to take people out. I want you to Google one thing. Go to YouTube and put an Ox Baker um, riot Cleveland. Put in Oxbaker Riot Cleveland. And you'll see that the heart punch, it during its time in the 70s, it did get a lot of heat because it's one of the major riots ever in the history of wrestling that was televised. Check it out Oxbaker with a riot in Cleveland because of his overuse of the heart punch over and over again on an opponent. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I just want you to see it. It's amazing, amazing footage from Cleveland, Ohio. Nonetheless, as we talk about Mean Mark, Here's a guy here that I thought he looked different. His facial expression really didn't change much, Uh, whether he was delivering the punishment or whether he was um, getting beat in the ring. His facial expression didn't change. And I guess Ole Anderson, who was in the front office of WCW at the time, didn't think very highly of Mark Callis. As a matter of fact, Paul Heyman tells his story on Medusa's podcast that even though he was... uh, Young, up-and-coming, star on WCW, Oli Anderson didn't think much of him. I managed a, a very
5: young, tall, college basketball player named Mark Calloway. And um, Mark Calloway w- was uh, designed by Oli Anderson to be Lex Luger's whipping boy. And I thought from the moment they put me with him, this guy has everything. He had, he, he, what a star he could be. And I'm riding in the car with him and I'm listening Mark. to his, yeah, yeah. Yeah, i listening to philosophy and I'm thinking, how, how can we not make this guy the, the man around here? He's, this guy's gonna be a huge star. And Oli didn't believe in him. So I pitched an idea for, for, for Mark, who was that me, Mark Callis, to win the U.S. title from Lex Luger. Hmm. And Oli, in the room, with Mark standing there, said, this big, dumb, red son of a bitch will never draw any money.
6: Ole Anderson. Yeah. He always had a chip. Oh, of course he did. So, <laughs>
5: Mark wanted out, and his contract was expiring, and he was considering going to New Japan, and... Um, even though I was contracted to WCW, I, I hated them. I hated I hated, I hated Jim. I hated Jim Hurd, I hated Ole Anderson. I did not yes. like anybody. there The only person I really liked was Mark, and and I liked a few of the liked a few of the boys. And I liked I liked working with Jim Ross. Yes. Um, even even though working with him was us fighting, <laughs> I liked fighting Jim Ross. <laughs> so because uh, I learned every time we did, right. and it made me better. Mm, yes. Much better. Mm-hmm. So um, I called Vince McMahon. And I said I was with WCW And uh, I I, I, Without going into details Because I will reveal this All one day Or he will reveal it all one day Wait a minute I, I, I set up The meeting That ended up With Mark
4: Calloway Becoming The Undertaker all right, the U.S. title does go on the line. The total package defending against a mean mark. he Dangerously is here. How confident are you?
5: Well, first of all, let me just say that tonight, nature boy Ric Flair is going to prove that he is the greatest heavyweight champion of all time when he knocks Sting out of contention. And the heir apparent to that throne, mean Mark Callis, tonight, will take Lex Luger. You know... Speaking of Luger, I got this, I don't know if it's a t-shirt or if it's toilet paper, and it shows Lex about to flex. You know, Lex, the first time you do this against this man, he's going to rip
6: your stinking head.
5: Let's go back to the ring.
0: Paul Heyman calls Vince McMahon and all of a sudden in October of 1990, Vince McMahon made the greatest creation ever to me in professional wrestling, the undertaker. His original name was Kane, the undertaker. I remember this very well. He was Kane, the undertaker and I believe the reason why that he was named the Undertaker is what I mentioned earlier, the facial expression. It never changed. Whether he was in peril, whether he was on top, he was still the Undertaker. He had that kind of just plain face. But he had all of the moves, though. He learned from Don Jardine how to be able to walk those ropes. The spoiler was the first wrestler I saw that was walking the ropes and holding on to his opponent and coming down with an axe handle or a big forearm The spoiler was the first one. And the spoiler also, he was a trainer for The Undertaker. He had everything down. For a guy that was legit 6'9", the way he was able to move around the ring with cat-like quickness, especially early in his career, he had everything. But he didn't have the facial expression. And I think that Vince somehow was able to have that brainchild of saying, you know what, this guy is mean-looking. And he's got the long hair, and I could see him being almost like an Undertaker. They dressed him up, and there it is. Of all the gimmicks that the WWE's had, they come up with The Undertaker. As I mentioned to you before, Gorgeous George had that mantle, to me, of the greatest gimmick ever in the business until The Undertaker was able to get the mantle, to me, as the greatest gimmick that we've ever seen in professional wrestling. I'd like to remind you that you can check out TWT as far as merchandise, whether it is T-shirts or sweatshirts or hoodies or mugs, tumblers, whatever you're looking for. I want you to represent Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I know that's going to be a wrestling show in your area. I know because I see the stats of who's listening. I know that not only here in the wrestling capital world, Chicago, Illinois, that people are listening in the Chicagoland area, but also in California. Also in Portland, Oregon, in St. Louis, uh, in the Northeast, in the South, also in Canada and other countries around the world. I know that you're downloading this podcast because I see the stats. So all I tell you is to go to Instagram and Twitter at Wrestling TWT. It's the same Wrestling TWT on Instagram and Twitter. And I want you to check out the merchandise. Uh, We've got kind of a March Madness sale going on right now for some of our items. So check it out. And make sure you send me a picture. If you buy, make sure you send me a picture. Let me know you're representing this podcast, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. On podcast and also on YouTube, YouTube youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. So here is The Undertaker in the WWE. Managed by Brother Love. Bruce Pritchard at the time, and I will tell you, when it first came out, just like all the other characters that come from other char- other territories, WCW at the time, you just say, okay, now they're under the auspices of Vince McMahon, the WWE, okay, so what's this gimmick going to be, what's this failed gimmick going to be, because more times than not, it was a miss, Vince Didn't care what was on the other TV. Didn't care what what WCW was doing or AWA was doing or Memphis or all these other promotions. He just wanted to have characters under his umbrella so he can control the naming rights and they could be completely different than where they were in other places. And I knew Mean Mark was a tough son of a bitch. And I knew that he could wrestle. I thought he'd be the next guy for WCW, especially with uh, we saw... Rick Flair leave WCW, leave the territory at some point, and I thought, me and Mark could be something really big for that company. But he leaves, because Ole Anderson didn't see anything in him. How about that? Kane uh, the Undertaker. I remember it like it was yesterday. His debut, pretty awesome. <laughs>
4: This man. An unbelievable impression he made at Survivor Series. His first appearance on Superstars and Is is this man gonna be in the Royal Rumble? Yes, sir, along with Andre the Giant. Is he already signed in the Royal, yeah, Royal Rumble? The model Rick Martel will be there. Honker Honky no, no. Talk Man will be there. Oh
2: all, all thirty wrestlers have been signed now, Roddy, but I don't see your name on there now. Honker, what,
4: what are you gonna do against this fight? Good question. In the world I mean
3: it's every dog face for himself in the Royal rumble. There ain't no friends. You ain't gonna have nobody there to back you yeah. up. Roddy, please. I'm, I'm sorry. Just slow down.
6: Okay, slow but nonetheless, forward.
4: don't beg the question, honky. It's a very good one. How do you compete against a man oh about six ten, I guess he is, well over that three hundred pound mark, and is agile and has the gifts that this man has? How do you compete with? him a little song and dance routine, Vince. Oh, I, I know you wouldn't know anything about that. spoke with the Undertaker earlier on, but brother alone. Oh! Ah.
6: Behold,
4: brothers and sisters! Behold! For the end is near!
6: The tombstone is on the way! And the epitaph always
3: reads the same. Here lies another opponent of okay, King, the Undertaker. <laughs> Undertaker!
4: In complete control, as he has been from the outset of this matchup against Mancini. And Brother Love is a manager. What kind of a manager, Hot Rod, is Brother Love going to make? A lousy one. Thank heavens he's got something to work with. Look at this.
6: Look at this.
4: Walk in the top rope, Roddy. Walk in the top rope. At 300 plus pounds. <laughs> That's amazing. The Undertaker with Mancini has him back up in the air. Oh, what is this? I think this is the tombstone. Oh, my! Reverse pile driver. Look at the way he crosses. Look at that oh, so He needs to get some
6: sleep that night. Here is your winner, King the Undertaker.
4: He's awesome. The Undertaker, victorious. I guess, like you talk, you could even say that the Undertaker is deadly. I find that to be too funny, Vince McMahon. It's more like maybe rest in peace. We are live from New York City! And by the way, we'd like to thank the good folks over at WFAN Radio here in New York for allowing us to have a Rob Bartlett here at Ringside. The martini shaker, Vince. Wow, you've been working with him for some time. You don't know who that is? Take a look. Who does he remind you of? That's Paul Bear from the famous Bear family. He could use an iron supplement, it looks a little pale. There's all, not a whole lot of sun here in New York. All these yeah. tall buildings around and stuff. He's definitely earned the right to be the Undertaker's manager. Whoa. Oh,
6: Damien Domino.
4: Uh, right in the chops. A hard right in. Another one. Look at that. Right in the chops. Damien Domeno backing the Undertaker up. How's he rolling now? Off the rope and. Oh, Oh, wow. Well, I guess we kind of reverse things there, at least momentarily. And Paul Bear certainly likes what he sees. I think Paul should think about going to a decaffeinated brand, Vince. He's doing very well for himself these days. Paul Bear is, and uh, for that matter, so is The Undertaker, who likewise will join Randy Savage, Yokozuna, and a whole bunch of competitors competing in the Royal Rumble. Ah! In less than two weeks. Undertaker walking tall right there. He always walks tall. Demento having his problems. The all over Damien Domino. He's worried about that, but look out! Here it comes down. The Undertaker with the middle, down with the tombstone. That could be it. Oh my! Yeah, get the body bag.
6: The
0: Undertaker victorious! So there you have it. The Undertaker is in the WWE. You heard his debut, his singles debut against Mario Mancini and then Damian Demento? Hmm, don't remember him. But that was from 1993. So as you can well tell, The Undertaker is on his way to a Hall of Fame career. As having the best gimmick, come up with give give Vince McMahon credit, he came up with the idea of the Undertaker and it's worked well. Well, before we hear highlights, more highlights of the Undertaker, I will tell you that the WWE is doing the Hall of Fame for 2022 completely wrong. Nothing against Queen Charmel or Vader, but the Undertaker should have this Hall of Fame ceremony to himself the hall of fame for 2022 in dallas should all be for the undertaker and no one else should be inducted he is a first ballot hall of famer in professional wrestling if there is such a thing but definitely because of what undertaker has meant to the wwe and to wrestling in general there's no question that he should have the hall of fame to himself a hour and a half, two hour ceremony, whatever it takes to celebrate a man that started his career in the WWE in 1991 and just recently had his last match. I know it was very difficult for him to walk away even though he could have done it a couple times and I think that indeed he did kind of work past his prime, especially in Saudi Arabia against Goldberg and some of the other things he did toward the end just to make sense to keep rolling them out there, but Taker wanted to keep wrestling. And if you watch the documentary, you can see that he was going through some mental hurdles trying to determine when, when is the best time to walk away from the business. His matchup against AJ Styles, that um, the match that they had, was awesome. It's great. That's another great way to end. And my hope is that The Undertaker doesn't wrestle because I think toward the end, he damaged a little bit of his legacy. But ultimately, in totality, The Undertaker had a... Tremendous, great with a capital G career in wrestling in the WWE. But my thought is, is that the WWE to allow Vader to go into the Hall of Fame and Charmel to go in the Hall of Fame, it doesn't make sense. You could always put them in. I mean, I never thought of Queen Charmel being a, a Hall of Famer and Vader should have already been in because of what he brought to the table as a professional wrestler, wrestling in Japan, AWA, WWE, not as much, but WCW champion. But The Undertaker deserves this opportunity to be in the Hall of Fame by himself. He was just that great. And there should be seven or eight different people talking on behalf of The Undertaker before he comes out there and has his own speech. But, again, the WWE does things their way, and Vince McMahon is going to be the one to induct The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame. I'm sure it's going to be great, but what would be greater is if The Undertaker had his own night. It is his state of Texas. It is WrestleMania weekend, and The Undertaker himself, by himself, should be celebrated. Nobody else going into the Hall of Fame. That would have been my idea, You know how many wrestlers still around that could stand at the podium and talk about the greatness and the streak of The Undertaker and everything that he's done and what he meant to that locker room? I want to point this out as well when it comes to The Undertaker. There was a time in the late 90s where The Undertaker could have left the company and went to WCW. Now, he already had his stint with WCW, as we just heard, when he was uh, mean Mark Callis, managed by Teddy Long and at one point managed by Paulie Dangerously. But just like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and uh, Sean Waltman and so many others that left the WWE to go to WCW, The Undertaker could have done that too, but he stayed. And Shawn Michaels stayed as well, and Triple H stayed, and so many others decided to be around Vince and was able to see the resurgence of the WWE eventually getting past Eric Bischoff and WCW. But clearly, The Undertaker could have just bounced, like, okay, I'm out of here. And there was a time uh, toward the end of The Undertaker's career where his contract lapsed, and I believe. Might have been said AEW. Might have been asking questions about the Undertaker if he was available. I know for certain podcasts. I think it was might have been Conrad Thompson as well. Uh, for his podcast empire with ad free shows, that he was requesting the Undertaker to do a signing, and the WWE stepped right in there. It's like, nope, you're not going to do that. You're always going to do stuff with the WWE. And so, um, there's times where I thought Vince McMahon kind of took the Undertaker for granted. All oh, he's always be around. And Taker was actually interested in doing something outside of the company, but nope, everything will be under the umbrella of the WWE. So I'm glad that this weekend that The Undertaker will be going into the Hall of Fame. But it's more than just a great wrestler, man. Here's a guy here that provided so many great moments. And he could have bounced and went someplace else. And he was able to reinvent himself as an American badass for a couple of years, starting in 2000. It was the big evil in 2002, 2003. But I think that will really stand out is how many matches that The Undertaker won At WrestleMania, he became Mr. WrestleMania because of how many matches he won in a row. The streak was amazing. His matches were amazing. Some of the best matches that he had was against Shawn Michaels. Amazing, amazing matches that he had. But always remember, out of all the things that you've seen, always keep in mind that here is a wrestler here that was so talented was taken for granted in WCW by Ole Anderson, who had the beginnings of, you know, kind of a raw athlete, big guy that was uh, able to walk the ropes and do so many different things, ride motorcycles, all this stuff. But man, there's only one, there's only one The Undertaker. Whew, Hell in a Cell matches, Last Ride matches, Buried Alive matches, Body Bag matches, Casket matches. Everything was about the dead man gimmick. Whether it's being in cemeteries and hearses, whether he used that tombstone pile driver, corpse like effigies. He did so many things that was so different in the business. <laughs> the Undertaker, going to the Hall of Fame, and rightfully so.
4: Makers. He's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt.
6: He's hurting bad. Oh, look at this! Undertaker! He's sucking back in! Yes. Look at that Hell's Gate! Submissive yes. maneuver! Is Lizzie gonna tap? He's got it. Is Lizzie gonna tap out? to! Yeah. Can you imagine if the fade out taps out yes. Brock yes. Lester? As you like to say, Undertaker just old man him. He just suckered. Turn turning the tables. Come on, alive! Trying to break the arm of the Undertaker. Trying to
4: get the Undertaker to tap out. Oh, there's going to be a tap out. lesnar has got his legs wrapped around the Undertaker as well. He He's is in perfect anywhere. position. The Undertaker has nowhere to go. lesnar has got him right where he wants him. How much pain can the Undertaker endure? He can only go until that arm snaps. Brock's shoulders are down. Brock's shoulders are down. That's what. Right. The count of the oh, abs of Showies. Look at this. That. That's oh, no, not, Left not, that's shoulder not down. Right. Left shoulder was not down. Now it may be. Now it down. That's oh, Reese.
6: Oh, oh. And uh, look at Lesnar. Uh. Shit. kidding me! Randy Orton using the Undertaker's legendary sign! He's not going to tombstone! He's going for the tombstone! That's the Undertaker's finishing move! What the hell? And Undertaker reversed it! He's looking to flinch out!
4: now way up, up on that steel steps like a platform like a gold metal platform you gotta be kidding here under <laughs> remember those steel chair shots to the spine earlier in this match the undertaker just his spine to compete in this environment after what they put each other through. And this is, this match seemingly is far from over. You're not kidding. And still look weary look at him, he's hardly standing up, the dead man, I don't even know where he is. Undertaker's back, his spine has gotta be hurting him immensely. Undertaker, you he can see, he's not, very not even standing. And there's those three shots with the Undertaker on his knees. Was the last time you saw the dead man in this bed of shape during a matchup? Oh, wait a minute. Oh! This is sacrilege. Edge going old school. Oh. And school is out. No recess for Edge. They're trying to go old school on the Undertaker. And the right hand bind. Watch well, that. was an uppercut. That was hit. nasty. upon us and the sledgehammer is as legal as the steel chair was and the sledgehammer personifies triple h Next stand-up. I like it. They're fighting on a on a steel roof of this cell. They use it. That's a steel chair that mankind is used. Look at this. It broke through. It broke through. That's a lot of weight. There's over two, three hundred pounders up there. They're they're destroying the, the hell in the cell. And my God, don't get them over here where we are. What's gonna happen here? Undertaker fighting back. He's fighting back. do run the bullets, folks, and I don't like it a damn bit.